for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Good morning. Come on into my house. Glad to have you here this morning. If you're a recipient of our weekly newsletter, it gives you a hint and a tip of what we're going to cover every Saturday morning here live on our weekly broadcast. And in the opening hour of the program, we have the outdoor living segment. And we had Save a Tree here talking about the Canary Island date palm, as well as the Palo Verde boring beetle bug larva flying desert B-52. <laughs> Looks scarier than any Stephen King creation, yes, I'll tell does. you that. Yes, it does. It does. It's the first time you see one flying for between your eyes, it is a little terrifying. And I forgot to mention, uh, when we had the our talking tree, there is a pretty neat event coming up through treesmatter.org, which used to be the permacultural society it's it's changed form a few times over the years but it's right now it's treesmatter.org and on wednesday july 21st they're having a screening of a documentary that's about 45 minutes long called intelligent trees and how trees communicate through their root structures and uh you know the whole photosynthesis and then there's going to be a panel discussion afterwards with uh, a number of different uh, specialists, including Steve Preby, who's been on this broadcast with Water Use It Wisely, I don't know, 20 times over the, right. the last decade or so. So that is something you can sign up for. It's at the Phoenix Art Museum, which is Central and McDowell, uh, Wednesday night, uh, 6.30 Go to treesmatter.org and you can sign up for the class. I think it's like 15 bucks if I remember right. Okay. I went to sign up for it. I won't be able to attend that night, unfortunately, uh, but I did try to fit it in the schedule. It's just not going to work. But I, I think it's like 15 bucks to go buy your seat. It, when he told us on air how the trees communicate to each other, subterranean, through their root system, talking to their neighboring trees through the roots. That was one of the most intriguing shows. I, I even bought the book and read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they even will share water and resources and nutrients through their root structure. And um, if one tree becomes a, a hog, you know, like the other trees around it will start denying that one additional it's incredible. nutrients to slow it down so that it doesn't kill, you know, the other trees around it because it's taking everything. Good. Fascinating. All right. So that's a screening of a documentary you can actually go to at the Phoenix Art Museum this Wednesday night? No, the, the 21st. 21st. I think that's okay. a week or two out. Okay. Got a little time to plan. Very good. Well, in our newsletter, we talk about that, what's coming up. And uh, in this hour, we're going to be talking about aging. Um, it is one of the topics we deal with at the office almost on a daily basis. Um, it started, I want to say, about five or six years ago at our remodeling company. We have a little remodeling company, Rosie Wright Remodeling. The inquiries began coming in about, Rosie, can you come to my house and let's just do a property assessment. What would I have to do to bring mom or dad or, or mom and dad uh, back 
to my house. Or I've got kids graduating college, not quite ready to uh, strike out on that first down payment. We're going to move a, a daughter and a son-in-law back in. What, what can we do to the existing property to make it multi-generational? And uh, that has been the number one inquiry for remodeling at our company for the last three and a half or four years. I don't think you can expect it to go away either. You don't, don't really? No. This, this, is, this is not just a short trend. No, well, it's the, it's the, uh, the end tale of the baby boomers, kind of the, the, what they call the gray tsunami, you know. And it doesn't have to be scary. And it doesn't have to be a, you know, most people don't want to talk about it, don't want to talk about aging. But we promise to make it entertaining and maybe even have a little fun along the way. But we're going to do a little series on... You know, the things that are challenges, and we're going to offer lots of solutions in all areas. So today's just kind of a broaching the topic overall, the things we've seen, the things we've learned, the things that we're going to share with you. It's a big enough topic that we're going to make it a regular part of the show, primarily so Romy can know how to take care of us. <laughs> we've had to learn the hard way with, with our folks, so, you know, but uh, it, it is it is challenging, there's, there's no doubt, and it's the um, kind of the the big overall arching issue is that, you know, we've kind of made this um, 65 years old, our um, retirement age, but we're living longer and longer. So, you, you know, I gave you guys some life expectancy back, like when our grandparents were born in like 35 or whatever, life expectancy was how long? Not very. It's surprisingly how young it was. If you were born in 1935, you were only expected to live. 60 years. Yeah, so. This is why Social Security is going broke. It's one of the reasons Social Security is going broke. People are living longer. And then you and I, what is our life expectancy? So born in the in late 50s? Born in the late 50s. We added almost 10 years to that. Okay. From 60 to almost 70. And now how about Romy's generation? Uh, and, well, I can tell you, if you were born in the last four or five years, it's almost up to 80 years. Yeah. So. So in... In the last 90 years, life expectancy has increased 20 years. Pretty soon, we'll all be 100. <laughs> I know. So think about retiring at 65 and knowing you have to care for yourself for 40 years on that amount of income. And add to that that people are only saving half of what they used to like um, 20 years ago. So we're not saving money. And then if you look into – so how this usually starts for your phone calls that you get is people start saying, well, how much will it take to put, you know, have a nice place for mom and dad to stay? Well, you find out it's 3000 to 10000 a month, and I'm, you're like, oh, let's keep them home. Yeah, <laughs> how yeah. are we going to do that? D depending on the level of care, yeah. uh, that becomes a very real conversation. I mean, I'm their friend right up until the time I tell them how much <laughs> it's going to cost to do what they want to do. Whether we're taking the two hall bedrooms and hall bathroom and converting it into one little suite area, or we're adding a, a, a mini casita to an addition to the house, or we're building a freestanding casita. I'm their friend right up until I tell them what the cost is. Uh -huh. And then they put the dog leash around my neck and drag me out to the front yard. And another statistic that goes along with what you guys were talking about, uh, people increasing their life expectancy over the last you know 100 years, in correlation with that, is people living with elderly. So at the early 20th century, over 60% of the population had somebody 65 or older living in their home, a parent, a grandparent. 
Um, There's a and, part of me that says there's something really right about that. I, I agree. And, and, but by 1975, it, it was down to 15%, from 60% wow. to 15% by 1975. I don't know what it is today. I think we're probably going to see um, an increase in that going forward for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, like you had mentioned, the life expectancy is longer, and we're not saving as much. So it's going to be a, a survival necessity. Well, um, that statistic actually came from this book that I love. I've talked about it before. It's Be- Being Mortal, Medicine and What Matters in the End by Atul Gawande. And he's a doctor and surgeon, and he has this huge heart for the elderly. And when his conversation started going through it with his dad. But in his culture growing up, it was shameful to let an older person live alone. And now, you know, fast forward to today, what does everybody love? Independence. So now we want to live independently as long as we can. So, and then, um, you know, so, so it's just a real shift in the way a lot of people see old age. So that's kind of what the whole um, emphasis is going to be is how do you stay independent with dignity in the see, different phases of retirement? I, I have to say, I see a lot of adult homeowners turning their parents back into infants. Is, you know, this is, here's a phrase I love. Dignity of risk. So oh, that's good. So I that, like that you know, you think about when you have little children, you know, you're very protective of them. And mostly because they have no frame of reference. They don't know what the street can do to them or a fire or whatever. But here you're talking about people who have lived an entire life. They've been very successful. Their bodies are failing, but their minds are still there unless they have, you know, um, something like dementia or Alzheimer's. But for them, for most people, they have, they're still in there. But we, we start treating them like children because they're, their bodies are failing. So that's a hard part. A big part of the discussion is, you know, how do you let somebody choose their level of risk? And, and that just depends on you and your parent or your friend or whoever it is you're, you're working with. But that, that dignity thing is key. And I have to say, I got a little bit of taste of that coming out of extended stay in the intensive care unit. <laughs> We're still and, working through this. <laughs> and and um, it's with everyone. Um, now they assume I can't cross the street by myself. <laughs> no, that was now, only in the beginning. That, uh, you know, <laughs> and you couldn't. <laughs> That's fair. But, but I mean, it, it really, it, when people start looking at you as an invalid, uh, it takes a special orientation of your attitude and your soul to be gracious about that. You are very gracious. I appreciate it. And that. Uh, I can remember my grandfather wasn't. <laughs> I've heard stories. Uh, I mean, I would have my mom on, but she gets on this topic. And I think she uses, she cusses too much. Does she? Yeah. I mean, she's got, she's got a sign in her kitchen that says, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it is, it is hard work to be older. She also has a sign that says visitors are like fish and they stink after three days. <laughs> That's right. She's a character, as you can tell. <laughs> but, it, but, but this seg- segment, and, and I've recently heard of some new, really, I think, innovative, creative ways to address uh, the aging population and the dignity question. So we're going to cover a little bit more of that. We're also going to answer any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. If you want to reach in to talk to us, give us a ring at one 767 4348 That's one 4348 Rosie, 
the number four, and the letter U. One triple eight Rosie for you. My parents live in Florida now. They moved there last year. They didn't want to move to Florida, but they're in their 60s, and that's the law. You know how it works. They got the leisure police. They pull up in front of the old people's house with a golf cart. Jump out. Let's go, Pop. White belt, white pants, white shoes. Get in the back. Drop the snow shovel right there. Drop it. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. We're talking about aging in place, and we promise to have fun. Give us a call at 1-888-767-4348, and we'll talk anything about your home, but we're going to continue the conversation. And this has really been a passion you've jumped on, even to the point of becoming certified aging in place. And um, Well, every time we bring it up, we get so much feedback. We and, do. And then we get... And then people will call me for months afterwards, when are you going to do it again, and what do you know? And so I'm, I'm building out a resource guide, and really, you know, we have a format to get it done this, this time. But today I got an email. He says, my wife and I are having this conversation now. They just got our newsletter, so he's commenting on the okay. newsletter. We're in our late 50s and planning a master bathroom remodel with aging in mind. I imagine that our future selves will thank our present selves for thinking ahead. Well, that is a wonderful perspective because you know what happens if you deny it. You know what? You're going to get old. We don't, we don't believe that when we're young. And we're I'll tell get you, old. it won't be his far future self thanking his present self. Once the bathroom's done yeah, and done correctly to age in place, it's a much easier bathroom to use for anybody. Well, and it can and be better looking, too, if you have it, time to plan for it and, and save for it, other than just sticking a bar up there. But things have come a really long way. It doesn't have to look like a hospital anymore. And and some of it's already being added just in, in initial builds, builds, you know, with that kind of thought in mind. Because you don't know. It might not just be you and your house. Maybe your mom moves in. Maybe you fall and break a leg. You get in a Polaris accident, you know, something. <laughs> and you need these things in your home. They're wonderful to have. Keep your family safe. And it wasn't a Polaris. It was like an all oh, a razor. but just a, a thing, a thing, yes, <laughs> a thing, <laughs> a four wheel thing, an out in the desert kind of thing. So anyway, I I thought it'd be fun just to kind of talk through some of the things that we situations people have chosen that we know, um, you know, because you have and, to be creative. And you we're to, getting of the age that we're getting to know a lot more. <laughs> yeah, and have them walk through we're, with, with we're our, all, with our we're family. We're all moving through this together. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are so many layers, and I promise if you wait to the last minute, you end up making decisions that are second best. Yes. Um, you know, maybe you have to empty your house too fast, you know, because you have to move, and then you lose track of things that you really did care about, but you're too emotional at the time to know that. Um, you know, you, you think about moving, you talk about changing doctors, you talk about if you lose a spouse, about estate planning. I mean... <clears throat> It can take a full year, you know, to get back up to speed once there's a major life change. So if you have put some thought into it and let your family know your directives and stuff, it, things will be a lot easier. And we're going to talk through all that in the next couple weeks. But um, let's I think talk. I think one of the things I'd like to start with, because mm -hmm. it is something we experience firsthand. Um, and since I have been in my accident, I've been asked, to do some public speaking a little bit about what I learned. And as as the man of the house, one of the things I learned that I was very thankful for. That you have an amazing wife. Well, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no questioning that. But just before the accident, Jennifer and I had just 
updated our family trust, our will, and everything. And we did it together. So I tell the guys, don't leave your wives in the dark. And don't let them know which attorneys, which accountants, which consultants, financial planners are a part of your family plan. And I'll never forget, Jennifer and I were on a vacation to New Orleans, and we were driving home across Texas. And we had just finished all this update. It was sitting on our desk at home, completely done. And I was going over it with her verbally as we drove across Texas for like 18 hours. <laughs> and, and she finally said, stop, we're going to change the subject. I said, and, you're wigging me out, stop. And it wasn't two weeks later. We were in a situation where the doctors were asking Jennifer for the refusal to resuscitate document that I had signed a month before that. And I had medical power of attorney, yeah. uh, financial, everything. So, yeah. You had everything right Make it easy there. on your family. You don't know. You know, we only have, know we have right now, all don't, of us. It doesn't matter if you're old or not. Don't keep your spouse in the dark because we have recently experienced a couple instances where the widow doesn't even know where the bank accounts are. Not, not, not to mention passwords and yeah, all of that <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. So that's I'm 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 st that's step one. Well, we're going to walk through all those I'll things get in on the detail. Same page. Yeah. yeah. So stay okay. tuned, and then we'll have them in one. We'll have them in one place on the website too, so you can kind of go through it. We'll have it like a little aging one hundred and one. Um, do we have time to talk about the first? No. But you can tease it. <laughs> we're going we're to get to those different situations that, that might give you some ideas for what will work for you. one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie 4 u If you'd like to join the conversation, we do have callers on hold. And then Gail, who had called in earlier and talked to Gary, we didn't get your complete phone number. And he wanted to know if you could please call back because uh, we don't have a way to follow up with you. Text questions can also be sent to 411-923, or you can email us info at rosieonthehouse.com. We do have social media channels, but we don't monitor that during the broadcast. I mean, I'm getting old. I'm not a kid anymore. I know I'm getting old. In Vegas, I played a slot machine. Three prunes came up. <laughs> No, I'm getting old. Well, my last birthday cake looked like a prairie fire. <laughs> prairie fire birthday cake. That's a thought. I sure hope no one's being getting offended by our humor. Well, it's not ours. <laughs> it was, it's Romy's. <laughs> Romy's, Romy's. Jerry Seinfeld, and then that sounded like Rodney Danger. Yep. Rodney, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, so that's not our humor. <laughs> that's very good, Gary. <laughs> okay, so I have a little sentimental one. You want this one in to lighten it up a little bit? Are we making too much fun? Okay. Okay, this is from Solus Farm on Facebook. I asked an elderly man once what it was like to be old and to know the majority of his life was behind him. He told me that he has never been... Uh, I'm sorry, he told me that he has been the same his entire life. He said the voice inside of his head has never aged. He has always been the same boy, his mother's son. He had always had, he always wondered when he would grow old. He said he watched his body and his faculties dull, but the person inside stayed the same. 
never aged, never changed. Our spirits are eternal. Our souls are forever. The next time you encounter an elderly person, look at them and know that they are still a child as you once were. So it's just that, you know, I think it's something we need to teach our children, actually, and ourselves to be respectful and remember that they are real people. You know, we're so about the physical and how people look and how able they are and how independent they are. And so we have a tendency to think less of, but they really have so much to offer. They do. And I think that that as a big part of, you know, what in my heart just feels right about at the beginning of the century, 60% of the homes had multi-generational mm-hmm. The grandchildren were learning and hanging around the grandparents. Well, you know what the dilemma is. Go ahead, Mom. Well, and if you look at the Indian culture, I mean, that's the what it was. You had the elders, the chiefs, and the you know the medicine men. You know, they were all the older ones, while the mid generation were out gathering and hunting. And so you're you know it was your parents that taught the kids a lot of the old stories and mm-hmm. about mannerisms and how you're expected to act and. You know, as they got older, then they would start joining the hunting and gathering parties. But a big part of that early life stage was all learned from from the elders. There you go. Shall we? Shall we take Joyce, uh, who's called in one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight? We are we are here to answer your questions about your home, your house, your cabin, or your castle. Um, and <laughs> Gary, we're going to need you to bring Joyce in. There she is. Good morning, Joyce. Hello. Yes. Hi. Uh, this is your neighbor on the other side of the neighborhood here. I want to make a few comments on the aging thing. Okay. Uh, I'll be 75 in a few months, and uh, that doesn't mean anything. I just completed a second time 4,600-mile cross-country driving trip. Awesome. I'm up on the roof half the time. The only thing is my daughter, when I fell moving a hay bale, uh, made me get one of those med alerts. Okay. <laughs> so I All right. Remember to do that and take the phone out. But I'm up on the roof, and um, I've got my trust done. That was something I just did this last year, which is very important because well, uh, your pass, family I, doesn't like surprises. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do pass your place periodically on my morning walk, Joyce, and you are okay. you're just an inspiration. Yeah, <laughs> you're just an inspiration taking care of that. We have, you know, some of the larger properties in the in that old part of town there, and uh, you've done a great job. Yeah, I always said I can do it all. I just can't do it all. And <laughs> uh, next month I get my knee replaced, oh, so hopefully I can get back to doing things again. That's really slowed me down the last couple of years. But uh, the one main question I want to ask about, uh, since we most of the neighborhood has septic tanks and dry wells, my dry well is kaput. <laughs> it's not draining. Uh, a few years ago, I put acid down it, and that lasted about five or six years. And I put the, um, I think it's magnesium sulfate crystals. I put that down pretty regular, but... I need some referral for somebody who does dry wells. Now, um, now, most mi- of the septic people don't. <laughs> okay. Now, Miss Joyce, um, is this a property dry well to take surface water, or is this the seepage pit for the septic tank? Uh, this is, uh, you have your septic tank and then the overflow tank. And then uh, about 15 feet out is a dry well. It's about six inches by 43 feet deep. 
and that's uh, where the fluids from the septic tank go to. Like like a leach field? Yeah, so it's the leach pit. Well, instead of a leach field. Okay, right. Instead of a leach field, we do a leach pit. And you would want to call a septic company for that, and I would recommend Rosie Certified a American septic. They've been Rosie Certified for years, and they'll take good care of you, and they are exactly the people that will want to. I think I dealt with them once many years ago, dug up the safety tank, and they told me it didn't even need doing they okay all right they've they have been around a long time and they won't sell you a service you don't need but i would have them come out and take a look at it and do an assessment um i i would not pour i would not pour any more acid down there um that's not what i would do um get a american out there and and let's take it one step at a time and see what we can do about rejuvenating the existing seepage pit. Worst case is we may have to drill one beside the one that's there if we've got it too gunked up, depending on the age. Jennifer and I live in a a 65-year-old home on a septic system, and when that home was about 45 years old, we had to create a new leach pit. The other leech pit just said aged out and just wasn't doing its job anymore. Aged out and wore out. <laughs> Big family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, do, it does happen. Uh, generally, on lots your size, Miss Joyce, there is room to come in and drill in the, in the near area and reconnect it, and you'll be all set for another 50 or 60 years. I never thought that a septic tank would be on topic this hour. <laughs> right. Aging <laughs> out. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, and that's you know it's kind of hard. The one thing about staying in those big homes by yourself is, as they get older, they're expensive to, to take care of. Our, our we're finding all of our stuff is kind of, you know, needing replacement. And so, got to decide what to do with all that stuff. That's something that you put it in the, in the balance of weighing. Um, you know, Romeo, you're talking about that knowledge that, in the Indian culture, how the, elders taught the youngers. And that has kind of shifted, too, because it used to be you look to the oldest because they knew all the answers. They had it all figured out. Well, now with technology and the way information doubles and triples, you know. The, the grandparents are asking the grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so like, you know, the older people I've tried to help, the technology thing is necessary. Like, let's say telehealth, it's necessary, but they can't do it themselves. So then they're relying on on the younger ones, that makes them dependent again. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a... And there was a comedian that had a really great bit just about elderly and technology. And he's like... <laughs> it would be good. He's like, have you ever seen them try to figure out their own email address? <laughs> but he made a really good point. He's like, but... Uh, you go and you look at their pictures and they've all got stories. It's like, what are we going to have? Here's 12 shots of my food from January. <laughs> and, and here's 9 million selfies in, yeah. in a week. You know, it's Nothing of any depth. <laughs> that is so true. I know you, you look at us, me and dad, that way sometimes too. It's it's even harder with the, the generation above. And they're, they're, you don't have the confidence to poke around and figure things out. They're afraid they're going to break it. So, Well, we talk about the easy things. A lot of people yeah. want to talk to me about the big things, the backyard casita, the uh, conversion of the hall, two bedrooms into one suite, all big ticket items. Uh, It surprises people how big a tickets they are. 
But Joyce mentioned one of the easiest things at the point you may or may not be losing your balance is that medical alert. That medical alert. We, We have a client. Who was reluctant to wear one? Her family and, talked her to into it. To say the it. least, reluctant like mad. Yeah. And uh, she unfortunately fell in her driveway in the middle of the summer on a very hot surface. And she was fortunately wearing one. They had just talked her into it the week before. The week before. And uh, so it was a busy road. And a, a, a citizen driving down the road saw her laying in her driveway and pulled in about the same time the ambulance is pulled in. So those med alerts um, are one thing to consider possibly giving the rest of your, it may not be giving you any peace of mind, but it certainly may go a long ways to give your family some peace of mind. We'll be talking in detail next week about some of the things you can do to, to help that older person stay independent just by being able to track them a little better. Um, and, you know, some pe- older people, you tell that, and they're like, ah, I don't need that. And some are like, that's so great. I'm so glad that I don't have to feel alone. I know somebody's watching me if I get lost or I get turned around or I get stuck. Somebody will come looking for me. So that's, some people really appreciate that. But, you know, um, it can be kind of morose to list, list all the things that can go wrong with your body. But, um, you know, there are, are particular things you can do for each kind of thing. But when you think about it, it's the senses. You know, your five senses are kind of the first thing that, that kind of dull. And it's balance and it's strength. Um, eyesight and hearing are really important and just kind of makes, if your eyes are failing, it makes you feel like you're in the dark. If you can't, and then think about smell. Did you know how important smell is? Do you know anybody with COVID who, who had COVID and can't smell anymore? That's, that's dangerous if you can't smell. And then, it, um, you know, what if the, something's on fire or you've, you know, you've left something in the oven too long? So there's just all kinds of things. I don't want to list them all, but the, the acronym is ADL, um, Activities of Daily Living. So you want to keep the quality of those up. And even if those things are failing and you're having trouble with those things, there are fixes for each one. So there's been a lot of thought put into things that can really, really make a difference in someone maintaining that dignity. And I'm impressed with how creative and innovative people are in accommodating this generation. And in our neighborhood, and really all through the valley, I I can walk within one mile of my house to about eight residential setting elderly care facilities where they're in a home a house with a yard uh, and that that's relatively new in the last 10 to 15 years but i know i can walk to eight within one mile of our house Uh, i that does a lot i think to create that the family feel uh, as opposed to the institutional but I know people that prefer the institutional for all of the social interaction that you have in that particular community. So it's a matter of, it, with dignity, deciding, you know, which you, of those settings are you more yeah. comfortable in. And it's really important to stay connected. So can you stay home and stay connected? Um, we have some very close friends who have recently lost their parents who were halfway across the country. And both families spend an extensive amount of time traveling to those areas, taking care of mom and dad. 
They lost mom and dad, and that deliberately drove them to the decision that they're going to go into one of those environments at a fairly young age uh, when they are still got a lot to give uh, and a lot of interaction to experience for primary reason of not becoming that reason for the kids to have to fly in every other weekend. And I, I had never even thought about that. There's another concept out there with the uh, assisted daily uh, task um, where there are facilities being brainstormed now, and I'm really curious to watch them, where you volunteer to come in and help the tenants. Before you need it. And as you're in there helping, you're accruing credit for moving in later. That'll be a, to, a credit to your account. Is that a dollar credit? Well, it, it's in the it's in the birthing stages. It's still in the uh, dream kitchen stages where they're putting the idea together. But those kind of compassionate, innovative approaches are the ones that we're going to want to be making a part of this particular series for sure. And you're still talking in the pretty expensive realm. When Carol read the article, she's like, "Mom." You know, a lot of people won't be able to afford this. So we are really going to talk about very practical products you can put in your home that can, you know, you think about sight, make sure your lighting's well, s- surfaces. So we're going to keep we're going to keep going deeper. When when my oldest daughter gave me that headlamp for my forehead, I thought, well, where, where am I going to ever use this? It, I, I carry it around in my pocket. I use it so often. <laughs> I, I don't have enough light with anything I work on anymore. Can you imagine listening to the stories of old people's photos 50 years from now? How terrible that experience is going to be? What's this, Grandma? Here's a picture of my breakfast. What a breakfast. And here are some shoes I once thought about buying. Lachlan Patterson is the comedian. Let's put that link up. That, that whole skit is so <laughs> funny. You know, and, and, how much and they're making fun of the young people today. Yes, right. Who are going to get old. Right, whose whole Facebook all, page is... All they've got inventoried in their memory bank is selfies and shoes and meals. I mean, the, the, the title of the clip is called The New Old People Are Going to Suck. <laughs> Well, I, on that point, I will tell you one of the things that I have really, really enjoyed uh, with technology is your subscription, Jennifer, to Shutterfly, where you, you take pictures, I take pictures. They're both isolated in our own cloud, and unless we both sit down and scroll through them, we never get an opportunity to page through them. And Shutterfly, and I'm, I'm mentioning them only because they're they're the ones we subscribe to. I'm sure there's other people that do it. Will will randomly reach into the photos you've taken, and send you a printed book of them every month, and then at the end of the year, you can actually order an annual volume. I, that has that has meant that's a groove book. Tons to me. Well, and you do think about it. You know, you if you have a grandparent who doesn't do Facebook. And a lot of them don't. Um, they don't get to see pictures. You know, even between Rose and I, we don't see each other's pictures. So that's one way to share. Another way to share is the um, the electronic 
frames that you put up and you can load, love up, load up pictures and the grandparents do love those and they're nice and big and everything so my grandmother did not like them because she liked turning the picture over and, and reading about who's who and what where they were oh. at what the date was you know so you don't have any context but if you know if you know the family so anyway i um you know you, you mentioned that certified living in place uh, certificate i got yes. and that's kind of a new certificate it's, it's really a neat little institute you get to learn about the challenges of getting old and all the solutions so those are things we'll be talking through but um one of the act- activities is they taped our fingers together with they put popsicle sticks and, and put tape around our fingers so we couldn't use them as if you had arthritis they made glasses to mimic uh, macular degeneration and other eye disorders um and then you stood on one foot <laughs> know and you had to make a sandwich and you realized i can't open this jar i can't spread this mayonnaise um i can't smell anything so i'm really not hungry you know it's in this they just don't eat because it's too much trouble so i'll you know we'll talk through some of the things you can do to keep them active and you know we've even gotten to the point in building on our resources we've started rosie certifying specialty services that families can reach out to. Yeah, it, um, Bridges, Con- uh, Connor with um, get organized with Bridges is a wonderful place to start. You know, if you want to have a safe place for mom and dad to move around, that means no clutter. And she's really, really good at getting you organized. And then helping hands also. If you get to that point where you want a um, group home, she's uh, wonderful at um, helping helping place. We we actually used her for a family member. Just great in finding a place for your for your loved one that you can trust. Um, but another thing for staying home is um, resources, and there are many foundations and organizations that will help. Um, I talked to Duet of Arizona this year. Uh, I talked to them this week, and um, they have 400 volunteers that they have vetted that, will, that you can call, and they will help from everything from going to the grocery store for you or taking you on an errand. Volunteers. They are volunteers. That's huge. Now, if you have a need... There is a waiting list, and it's a quite long one. So who I'm talking to right now is anybody who's interested in volunteering and being a help to someone. Maybe your grandma lives in Minnesota. Well, you could help with a grandma here or a grandpa. You know, it's everything from keeping them company to doing maybe a little light housework, changing a light bulb. You can offer what you – you can offer the amount of time you have and the expertise you have or the the time you – you know, just whatever you want to offer. They are open. That's Duet Arizona. All right. When we get back in the 10 o'clock hour – we're going to be continue the conversation we kind of started uh, in our first hour. We were talking about storm preparation, storm preparation for your landscaping and your trees. We're going to talk storm preparation for your home. It's my understanding the East Valley got hit pretty good last night. Let's talk about it. 